You know, I was just cleaning the house and I just started thinking. It's super quiet today. I look around and the dog is sleeping, the cat is sleeping, and it's just me. And I thought to myself, I never saw it being this way. Like, I, I couldn't have told you. I couldn't have told you what I thought life would be like when I was 30. I couldn't have told you where I thought I'd be living or anything, but I just didn't think it would be... People liken their, their lives to stories and to movies and to TV shows because it's an, an analogy and we can make things make sense by sort of putting a label on them. Like if you have had a good life, you might describe your life as like a comedy or a romance or a romantic comedy. If you've had a shitty life or if you've had a lot of terrible experiences, you might liken your life to a horror or a suspense thriller. I'm not really fussed about what I would call it, but I just, it's over already as far as, like, uh, family. It's a weird way of looking at it, but, like, I used to be extremely tight with my grandma. She passed away. I was kind of close with my grandpa. He passed away. I was a mama's boy, but I haven't heard from her in a year. Uh, <laughs> friends come and go, you know, there are different, there are previous chapters in life, so there's nothing abnormal about that. Most people do not continue talking to classmates, so to expect that uh, would be ridiculous. But just in general, like, it feels like my life was a movie, but it never got to finish because everybody fucking quit the movie. <laughs> like, people die, people just get left in the dust. Um, I, was I was really close with my uncle, but he's in prison. Uh, when you're growing up, you're best friends with cousins. They're like your best friends, your first ones. Because you see them, and every time your uncle and aunt come over, they come with, you know? And I'm not that close with my cousins anymore. I never hear from my sisters. They don't hear from me. It's a two-way street. I'm not blaming them. But I don't hear from my stepdad. I don't, like, basically, family-wise, and that's what this is about, is I just hear from my dad, really. That was the long way around getting to that. It's just basically... What happened to families? I, I know it's not just my family. Families aren't as close as they used to be. Uh, I remember twice a year, at least, there'd be a family reunion, one for each side, right? Everybody would get together on Christmas, Thanksgiving. Uh, you'd, you'd get a phone call on your birthday. Like, it was like a network. And every, at least once a month, you were visiting with someone. And you would never go that long without seeing them. And it's just not that way. Like, another two months will go by from today and I won't hear from any of the aforementioned people I just won't I, I only have heard from my dad basically for like the last year and I know uh, you know you get a message on messenger once in a while that hardly counts but I guess we'll count it from from like my sisters <clears throat> life is weird life is a, is a weird thing because we are like in it together but really we aren't we're we're in this on, on our own like this uh, this is like a simulation video game and you gotta navigate your way through it and occasionally you'll be in contact with others who you think are on the same journey but every minute of their day they're looking at it from a completely different perspective so we really know very little about how others look at this but that's neither here nor there, but I digress. I wanted to talk about relationships and why they no longer interest me, and I have spoken with 
Shannon and Jordan, a couple of friends of mine over the past few days, about relationships. And Jordan was just telling me he doesn't even know if it's worth trying. He knows that the well is poisoned and not everybody gets sick, but almost everybody gets sick. That's an analogy for maybe relationship failure. He's basically saying, like, I know you're up against the odds. I know, like, 99.9% .9 of relationships fail. Uh, but is it worth... Do you save yourself enough heartache by not trying to make it worth never having tried and being one of the million people who have a truly good relationship? And I would say that's not an unfair number. People say they have a good relationship, but you know they're constantly bitching about their significant other. Uh, I, I was just doing some research. Sorry. I was just doing some research, and um, one in 20 is your chance of being cheated on for a relationship that lasts less than a year. So 5%. So one in 20. And then it increases to one in four for relationships that last over a year. That's insane to me. The longer you are together, and, and it makes sense, and I can explain why I think it makes sense in a second, but basically what I realized is the longer you are together, the more likely someone is to cheat. And that makes sense because early on, there's the butterflies, there's that stage where they're a new person to fuck and you haven't had your way with every inch of their body yet, so it's like a new, fun, exciting thing. And emotionally too, you're getting to know this new person, you get to unlock their past and hear stories, and it's fascinating, and you, you're like addicted to this new person, right? That's how relationships are, and it makes sense that at the one year mark, that tapers off, and it becomes a cliff. And I'm just making the number up because no matter how much I googled, I could not find like an accurate or reliable source. But when I say 99.9% .9 of relationships fail, I, I have no idea what the number is. I just know that if you include all demographics, all ages, all relaces, uh, uh, rela relationships, races, uh, religions, if you include all of the demographics and like serious relationships, long term, uh, you know, it, it has to be less than 1% by far. Like, I'm 0 for 4, so I contribute a 0% success rate personally to the equation. How many relationships have you had? 10? 7? Four. Are you still with that person? No? Okay. So basically, you either get married and you become lifelong partners, which is even more astronomically rare, or, you know, relationships end one of two ways. They end in a marriage or, a, you know, a failure. You break up. And so, as I was saying, uh, Jordan was saying he doesn't even know if it's worth taking the risk because he knows that he is most likely going to face the same fate as everybody else who tried. And like I told him, yeah, we all we all betray hubris. We all think, yeah, maybe you could tell a person 99.999% of relationships fail. And that person would still think, nah, my girlfriend's different, bro. Or nah, me and my boyfriend really love each other. We're different. We, uh, we know this relationship stuff better than every human that's come before us. So these numbers that you give me mean nothing, right? I thought that too. People, when I was young, they said, don't even put all your eggs into one basket because statistically it's just not worth it. They told me that. My first girlfriend's parents 
told us that. They were like, yeah, we get it. You like each other. Hormones are raging. You guys are fucking like rabbits every other day. But what you're feeling is lust. It's not really love. And and we tell you this, and you're thinking right away, yeah, they don't know me. I'm more sophisticated, more advanced than they think I am. Yeah, yeah. They were like, no, we're, we're one step ahead of that. We get it, and we know that us telling you this, you're not going to really believe it. You'll be like, what do they know? They're old, right? But looking back, they fucking knew what they were talking about. It was lust, not love. And maybe it developed into love. Maybe some would call it that. Some would call it whatever. Labels aren't important. I know what I felt, but it failed. They were right. Uh, 0 for 1, 0 for 2, 0 for 3, 0 for 4. Each time I was like, nah, this one's different. Nah, this one's different, right? And they were all different. They are four very different, completely different people from different places and different backgrounds. But the common denominator was me, and it just didn't work. Some people, I, I don't know, maybe some people just aren't made for relationships. Because the numbers don't lie. If 99 out of 100 M&Ms in a 100 bag, uh, 100 M&M bag were poisonous, you cannot reach in and grab one and go, ah, it's different for me. Well, no, it's a community pool. All of us are in a community, and we draw from the community. And so what makes you think that you're unique, you're special, I don't get it. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, nah, bro, it's different for me. I have I have my thumb down, and I, I know what the fuck I'm talking about, and a little bit of Dunning-Kruger, maybe. I don't know. A little bit of hubris, for sure. Why do people think that relationships are a good idea? I don't know. The M&M analogy is the best one I can come up with. People think, oh, it's different for me. I, no, no. Out of every 100, 99 just say, we'll fail. Why you think that it's going to be different for you grabbing one or having a really why I, I don't know i also did some some more research and i found that three percent of mammals are monogamous isn't that crazy it's almost like we're trying to force something we're trying to force something that is very rare in nature and of these animals some we 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 as if i'm there studying them some we believe according to the studies actually do have feelings like like we do surely you've heard of monkeys apes dolphins in particular having these feelings that humans do but for the most part the reason why they have lifelong partners is because they're lazy as fuck they're they're a lazy species that once they find a, a mate you know it's not like penguins where they're constantly trying to impress each other so they can fuck them with like shiny pebbles this is like my partner is my partner and until that partner dies that's my partner right that's why the majority of the three percent of mammals are monogamous it's not because they're like it's not a disney movie you know it's the animal kingdom and uh fun fact one in five marriages do not even last one year one calendar year huh. that means four out of five make it past the year but you know statistically doesn't matter doesn't matter I feel like the lucky ones are the ones that failed right away because they got to start over and fresh start for you know with more time on their hands while you're still young and decent looking. But why are people in why are people even trying to be in a relationship? It's not natural. Only for like the last however many hundred years have humans even attempted to be monogamous. It's obviously not super common in the in the animal kingdom, in nature, so why are we forcing it? Men and women are so fucking different. It's insane to me. Like, I feel like on another planet, if if it was possible to recreate almost everything on this planet except for a few rules, I feel like men and women would be warring with each other on other planets. I feel like we've sort of forced ourselves to get along, but we're so different. They, there's, 
it's not the same at all. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Why would I enter into another relationship? It's a constant balancing act of trying to keep your pride while making sacrifices, they call it compromise, and loving, actively loving. It is its own smaller chess game within the main chess game. Like, sometimes you don't feel like it, but you have to work at it. It's, uh, I don't feel like talking right now. I don't, you know, oh, but you have to. Okay. It's just, you can only go so far, you piss them off, you have to constantly be, you know, trying to impress them and make them want you, otherwise they'll go suck another dude's dick, and then they'll blame it on you because you didn't make them feel loved and pretty and all this stuff. And who wants that stress? I saw this meme, and it was a picture of a little kid, and it, the caption said, How I sleep knowing I'm single and nobody's cheating on me. And he's just like sleeping and smiling. And it's so true. I don't sleep well because I have insomnia, but I, the sentiment is still the same to me. Like how I sleep going to bed, not having to worry about making sure I am still the one, as Shania Twain would say. I'm still the one that they want or that they love or, you know, come to or fuck or whatever. I don't have to worry about that. That is such a load off my chest. I can't ever see giving that up again. That, that level of peace... Because when I think about being in a relationship, it's it just sounds like a giant chore. Tiptoe around, don't piss them off. Uh, once a month, they're going to be extra bitchy. Uh, if they see another guy that's more attractive than you or has more money or a bigger dick or whatever, you always have to like make sure that they don't fuck around because it's in their DNA, in their blood. Every fiber of their being is drawn towards giant dicks, lots of money, good-looking guys... Um, and in a uh, reproductive way, good genes, you see a guy that's tall and healthy and has a good build, as a woman, you're already attracted to him on a deeper level, even if it's subconsciously. Even if you're a, a truly a good girl and you're not like a, a whore in your mind constantly thinking about dick, you're going to be attracted to attractive guys. It only makes sense. Why do people, and this apply, I'm not just picking on the girls, why do people, why do girls get with guys when it's in our very nature to want to just spread our seed as much as possible and fuck all over the place. Why? Because then you have to worry about when your your man leaves to go out with his buddies or go to work or wherever, that he's not burying himself balls deep in another girl. And it's stressful. What's the point? What's the... What do you take from it? Because I personally, in four years, or four relationships... The average was about three years, but anyway, it was 13 years between them all. 12 and a half, 13 years, three years, two years, four years, whatever. Well, anyway, I have nothing to show for it. Nothing. All the time, all the effort, the love, the emotions, the patience, the money. Like, my life resources were poured into four different females over the course of 12, 13 years, and I have nothing to show for it. The resources disappeared permanently, which at the time was wasn't even a thought. Of course it's worth it. Of course I'll take you to a movie. Of course I'll spend time with you instead of my friends. Of course, like, all these sacrifices and compromises, quote-unquote, that I was making, at the time I could justify them and rationalize them and go, yeah, but she loves me, she gives me pussy, she sucks my dick, uh, she's my, my significant other, I love her. But then when that ends, then what? Then you're left with, like, looking like a retard. Like, everybody's like, ah, dumbass, you just wasted more of your life. And how many times are you going to fall for that trick? How many times are you going to start a new cycle, as I like to say? Because it certainly goes in phases, right, when you meet a girl. If she's not pretty, you move along. That's it. 
you have to be initially physically attracted to someone for it to even turn into anything else. People who say they don't care about looks are full of shit. They're trying to act holier than thou and like they're above because, oh, looks don't matter to me, I'm so woke. It fucking matters. Even if it's just a little bit to some more than others, right? But it matters. So let's say guys, and I'm a guy, so I'll speak from the guy's perspective, but follow along, feel free if you're a female, and just pick the reverse role because I'm going to be talking about you as if we are on team A or team B, vice versa, flip it around. Stay with me. Guys, you meet a girl. She's cute. Now your first and only thought at this point, if, if you only know that she's cute, and you might know her name, whatever. Let's say her name is Sarah. Okay, such a white girl name. How racist. Like, why can't I include Shaniqua and, and fucking Ting Tong Wang and, you know, whatever. <sighs> Sarah's cute. Your first and only thought at this point is, I'd fuck her. Sorry, ladies, that's just how it is. We don't love you for your personality as soon as we see you. We, we first determine, are we attracted to this person? Yes or no? Um, yes, okay. So now she's cute. Now you're in. From this point on, you can only add to your resume with us because we already want to put our wiener in you. So you get to talking to this girl and you find out, oh, she's interesting. She knows how to keep a conversation. She has some charisma. That's attractive, whether you're a male or a female. Someone who can show they're more than a stock character. Someone who has good stories, tells them well, um... There's a little bit of inflection in their voice, you know, they tell a good story, they're exciting, and then you go, oh wow, I like her a little more. But you're not considering girlfriend yet, you're just like, wow, this girl's hot and she's fun. Like I could be, I could hang out with her again, for better or for worse. And then you find out she's smart or has a good sense of humor and then you're like, whoa, like check, check and check. And you're starting to go, oh shit, like we, we have good chemistry and you tell yourself, nah, I've been in relationships before, it failed. Oh, but this one, she's, she's different somehow. She's cooler somehow. You know, like, I know I said, I told myself, I told my friends, like, bro, I'm done with girls. That's me. I've done that. I did that after the first one. I was like, fuck girls. Time to be single and enjoy life. And then I met Ashley, and I was like, she's different. And she was different, to be fair. And she is and was a, a great person. Amazing. Beautiful. But I told myself, oh, she's different. She's different. And it failed. And then I was like, fuck this. 0 for 2. I've spent six years of my life on women. Fuck it. It, 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 it hurts. It heartbreak. It's stress. You constantly have to worry, are they fucking around on me? <sighs> and then after that, I met Cuntface. And I was like, oh, this one's a little crazy. Uh, something different about her, though. I guess it's spicy, if nothing else. Like, she might be a cunt, but, like, at least... She makes me feel sort of alive because I'm always watching my toes. Like, am I going to get stabbed? Am I going to get accused of cheating? Who, which girl did I look at now to piss her off? Even though that, you know, you could be looking down at your phone or playing a Game Boy or something. And she'd be like, yeah, I saw you looking at that hot girl. Fucking piece of shit. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? I just, I'm not used to dealing with like a retarded level of crazy and like psycho and insecure. So I just... We didn't, we didn't match well, you know, because I'm laid back and I'm chill and I don't take shit from anybody. And if you cross a line, I will deal with it, whether it's verbally or physically. And she, that's why we just didn't match up because she's used to pushing guys around and dealing with betas who are like, who are like her pet. And that just wasn't me. Well, anyway, after that failed, I was like, ah, oh, girls are fucking whores. I'm fucking done. 
And then I met Taylor and I was like, well, she's funny. She smokes weed sometimes, allegedly. She's cool. She, you know, there was this just, I was making the checklist. And then I was eventually, they, they check enough off the list and they, and they convince you, they trick you into going, I'm cool enough to date. And at the time, they fucking are. All relationships start out fucking awesome. They just do. Because, as I explained earlier, it's a new person to fuck. It's a new person to get to know. It's a new person to hang with, to make laugh, to chill with. Um, it just feels good. As Daniel, Daniel Tosh said, because this girl asked him, why can't you be loyal to me? Like, even geese are loyal. And he goes, yeah, that's because geese all have the same size tits. He's essentially saying, like, yeah, even if you're hot, I'm going to get bored of you eventually. And I never really had that problem with any of my girlfriends. I, d I never once thought, I'm sick of fucking you. It never got to that point. And that was, you know, three years in. I was like, I still look forward to this every time. And I don't really understand how, if you date somebody who's attractive, how you can get bored of that. But people do. They talk about it all the time. Like, there's a guy out there who is sick of fucking a supermodel. That's just how people are. People want what they can't have. It's in our nature. If, if we don't have it, we crave it. Even in the Bible, it says, do not covet your neighbor's wife, your, your neighbor's manservant, maidservant, or your neighbor's dog, or whatever, anything that's your neighbor's. They, it says that because it's warning against. It already is telling you, you're going you're gonna to want to fuck your neighbor's wife. You're going to think, man, my neighbor has a cool dog. I wish that was my dog. You're gonna, your neighbor's going to have a nice car. I wish I could drive that car. And it's already warning against that. Well, <clears throat> you met this girl, Sarah. She's funny. She's smart. She's cool. She seems like she's got a good head on her shoulders. She's uh, She's got a bright future. Oh, she's independent. She's so cool. She's taking care of herself. Oh, bro, she's not like the rest. Boom. You've already fallen into it. And I've been here four times, three times, really, because the first one isn't like... I didn't swear off girls before I started dating girls. I swore off girls the second, third, or, you know... You know what I'm saying. Second, third, fourth time that I was out of a relationship. Well, anyway, you're like, ah, okay, I'm, I'm just going to give it a shot. So you get to know her a little bit more, and things are fun and new and exciting, and you're fucking all the time, and she's blowing you every other day. She cannot get your dick out of her mouth because that's just how into you she is. And you're like, wow, what's better than this? I wake up to breakfast. She rubs my back. We laugh together. We spend time together. We, we were romantic. We, we cuddle, we watch movies. She's like my best friend that I fuck all of a sudden and I just can't get enough of her. And this is where it I branch off into bro science. I cannot say for sure that this is like uh, scientifically, mathematically provable, but this is my theory at this point. I believe you, you start to get addicted to each other and that thrill of the new thing more so than the person. Like a new girl, a new hot girl that you could bang. Not just Sarah, who also has a decent personality and is smart. I feel like you could have gone through this with any number, an, an innumerable number of girls. It didn't have to be Sarah. There's nothing special about Sarah. Sure, she's cool, she's hot, she sucks your cock all the time, whatever. It's There's butterflies, it's new, right? But I feel like, and I can't prove this, but this is just my guess. I feel like if it was Tina and um, fucking bimbo, whatever. Pick a girl, and you put her in that situation, and as long as she's semi-cool, she's only going to continually like, have you increase feelings for her. Because we push away, and we want to push away what's shitty, and we, we are drawn toward 
charismatic, attractive, cool, down-to-earth people, right? So as basically as long as you are decent-looking and a decent person, the more time you spend with someone, the more they're going to like you. That's just all there is to it. That's why there's levels to this game. Some people are extremely uh, full of charisma and, and able to like control a room and people want to hear you talk and be around you. And then there's just some people who are like, they're like, yeah, I mean, they're cool. I got nothing against them, but they're kind of boring, you know? And then it goes down the list. But anyway, you get into this relationship and after the first month, the novelty of it takes a noticeable dive. Like, now you're not fucking every day, and she's not blowing you every other day, and you're not texting constantly, what you up to? I'm so glad I met you. You know, that little flirting thing that people do early on in a relationship where you stay in touch constantly. Like, you wake up to a text from them, good morning. You know how you know that's bullshit and how you should not fall for that trick? It's because that's not realistic. Where in life do people wake up to good morning texts and check in with each other and say good night? That doesn't happen. That's a fantasy. It's too good to be true. And still, we fall for it early on. And with every new relationship, it's this way. Then you'll, you'll go to work and there'll be flowers on your desk. You know what doesn't happen? You don't go to work and there's flowers on your desk. That, that's a dream. Okay, so that's how you know it's bullshit. Or at least, maybe we can use the word temporary. Because nobody gets flowers on their desk every day. So anyway, after a month... The fucking good morning, hottie, sexy, baby, love, good morning, all these little pet names. Good morning, dear. That stops. And maybe you still do it, but you don't do it every day. You're not as motivated to. Like, the novelty has worn off. You don't have the butterflies. You still kind of do, but you've hung out, like, every day for a month straight, almost every day. You're constantly messaging each other, and it starts to feel like, wow, we've been together longer than a month. And there are two trains of thought here. One, wow, we've been together we feel like we've been together longer than a month. It feels like we've known each other so long. And you could look, you know, look at it like that. Like, our connection is so strong already. That's, that's pretty much the words, you know, paraphrased, that people would tell themselves. We've only known each other a month or been together a month, and we already are this close. Just imagine, like, we have good chemistry. We were meant for each other, right? You start to have thoughts like that. The other train of thought is, and the more realistic one, unfortunately, is, wow, I've only been with this person for a month, it feels like I've been with them a lot longer. That actually could be interpreted in a bad way. Like, gosh, it feels like already. They say time flies when you're having fun, but time also flies when you're bored and the clock just ticks. I don't know. Everybody's different. But in a new relationship, you tend to lean towards the fantastical. The, oh, I, we have so much in common. She's different. She's not like other girls. Sure, other relationships have failed, but this one's different. Yeah, didn't you say that last time and the time before and the time before and the time before? Yes, you did. You did. And then you tell yourself, no, nah, I'm fucking done. And then, you know, slowly but surely, she chips away at that wall you've put up, and all of a sudden she's different somehow because she has a different name. But my argument would be she's still a human, she's still a female, you're still a male, and this is the conversation, the dialogue that I have with myself. So stop trying to say that, oh, she's different. Yeah, she has a different story. Still a book from the same library. Still a fish from the same pond. A human females, right? It's a trick. It's a trap. And then, after that month, you know, and the, the, the novelty wears off and the butterflies are gone, then it's like month two. And month two is like, okay, now we're really in this now. That's, that's kind of what you say to yourself. Like, oh shit, I, I have a girlfriend. I have a boyfriend. I'm monogamous. I'm committed. And you, you really make sure, like, I don't have this problem, but people who have infidelity problems 
And like I said, it becomes a one in four rate of there being infidelity involved after a year of a relationship. And this study, quote unquote, this straw poll, whatever it was, this is just what people admit to. You gotta figure that number is even higher because there are people who cheat who would never admit it. That's a skeleton in their closet. We all have them. For some people, they just can't stop cheating. It's like a kitten chasing a ball of yarn. There can be a kitten on the floor, and if you roll a bar ball of yarn by them, it doesn't matter how tired they are, what time of day it is, they're going to get up, and they are drawn towards chasing that ball of yarn. That's how some women are with dicks. Like, she's like, I, yeah, I love you, yeah, you're my boyfriend, whatever, and some guy with a big dick walks by, and he's decently, you know, attractive. She's She can't help herself. She's going to pounce on that. Not all girls. Just apparently one in four, according to the study, one in four girls fuck around on a dude and vice versa. It can, you know, men and women. We are both to blame here. I just have known way more women that have cheated than men. I've only known, like, two dudes. And, the, I don't know. Some people would say cheating is a mistake and you can learn from it. I think that's bullshit. As I've discussed with uh, friends recently, cheating isn't one decision. It's not one accident. Oops, I tripped and fell and landed on his dick. That's not what cheating is. Cheating is a series Hundreds, thousands of decisions. Every time you think about that person and you take it to a, a lustful level. Every time you message the person, every time you cross a little boundary just to test, just as a tester to see what you can get away with and how they'll react and respond. And then it's sort of snowball effects and then all of a sudden you're kissing each other and fucking and infidelity. Cannot relate, not my thing, but I understand the mechanics of it. 100%. I've only been cheated on one time. But I, it was something that I, I, in a way, saw coming just from the numbers alone and, and the things that were said and whatnot. But uh, where was I? Uh, <clears throat> I continue on here. So you're two months in and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm in this for the long haul now. And then you start to, uh, I don't want to say forgive less flaws, but you start to more objectively look at this person. And, and you should. That's maybe a, a defense mechanism, maybe a way of looking out for numero uno. Like, you start to... When a chick is new and hot and she has big titties and she's blowing you every day, she can get away with a lot. When that all stops and all of a sudden she's not Wonder Woman, Superman, you know, anymore, and then you start looking at them just as a normal person and, and judging them the same way you would as everybody else rather than putting them on a pedestal, you start to notice things that maybe you don't like or that are neutral rather than everything just being so new and exciting. And then you realize, well, it's in my DNA, men and women, like there's an attractive person who normally I maybe would be able to hook up with, but now I can't. I'm committed. Uh, you start to learn that oh, when I act or speak this way, they react this way, and you start to figure out what makes them tick. That's a phrase that sometimes people use. And you start to go, oh, it's, it's still good. Like, it's a good relationship. I enjoy this person. But it definitely wasn't the fucking fantasy land that it was the first month. And then you realize that the third month isn't quite as much of a fantasy and as awesome as the second month. And then you start to realize here it's planing out. It's, it plateaued very early on. It peaked, and you were like, wow. And unfortunately, that's just reality. It's not going to progressively get better. This isn't 1920 when everybody like had an average sexual partner in their lifespan of like two or three. It's not like that anymore. 
the reason why we have a higher number of sexual partners and a higher divorce rate and you know that's just people are different now you can't expect the people of like a century ago literally to act like the people who do you know whatever it is they're doing uh, adultery even uh, emotional cheating physical cheating when I was reading this study it seemed to really emphasize that there were a difference between uh, emotional adultery crossing emotional borders and, and, and boundaries and physical and then both and then when it combined both emotional and physical yeah you have a one in four chance that's like a really high number I don't trust that you have a one in four chance if your relationship even makes it past a year which obviously most don't otherwise they wouldn't call it dating and you wouldn't hear from an old classmate that has dated eight people since you last talked to them people try each other it's a trial and error thing right but it's just it's rough how many relationships have you been in how many have failed and failure covers uh, any way you want any way the relationship ends it's all uh, broad strokes all a blanket statement it's all a failure whether somebody cheated whether you just broke up mutually whether it was a long-term relationship and you decided it wasn't gonna work those are a joke anyway whatever anytime it ends it gets it, it's a fail it's not a success and it's intimidating it's intimidating like Jordan was saying he's like I don't even know he was trying to weigh it out in his mind he's like I don't even know if it's worth it I don't know if it's worth to even try knowing that I have a one in you know whatever is very rare I have a one in a hundred chance of being happy and I have a 99 out of 100 chance of failing wasting my time wasting money wasting effort but he's like oh it just it scares me to not try because then I know for sure I'll never end up with a perfect woman you know quote unquote or a relationship and if you would have asked me when I was younger I would have said fucking try Wayne Gretzky said you know you miss 100% of the shots you don't take right and you'll never know if you never try but I can objectively tell you and reasonably say that had I not entered into four different relationships and poured everything I had into trying to make those work, I would be in a much, much better position right now. Uh, financially, um, geographically, probably be in like the fucking Himalayas or some beautiful mountain place or like the Cayman Islands or some tropical paradise Jamaica a beach that's just maybe not maybe I'm wrong but that's just how I feel I feel like I've put everything I had as far as my my energy and my zest because well some people would call it a spirit we only have so much of that and every time like I've gone over in the past whether it's uh, a breakup the loss of a loved one a betrayal uh, whatever it just takes a little bit of your spirit with it these life experiences that's why people get tired that's old people that are a hundred years old aren't just physically tired they're emotionally tired they've gone through so many different things and chapters and people and every day you wake up is an is like a day in its own is like a life in its own and they've done it so many times that it's like a blur they're like I'm a fucking hundred I've lived let's see 30,650 days or what you know they're not just physically tired because they're old and decrepit they're they're fucking tired life takes it out of you 
And in some areas, I still have energy. In some areas, I'm still like ready to try and be there and around. But when it comes to relationships, that tank is just fucking empty. It, it's just, it's been bled dry. It, it ran out. I, I used all of the fuel in that tank. And I refuse to take from other tanks that still have fuel in them to try and put fuel into the trying to make a relationship work tank. Because I did. I did that four times. This isn't baseball. I didn't give up after three. I was like, ah, this one's going to be different. A young hopeful, like a new recruit that shows up and you're like, go get them. And you know they're not coming back. That That's just kind of how it was. Oh, it's rough. Uh, I would really like to have a dialogue. This is more like a, a mono dialogue, but I'd like to have a full-on conversation about this with people because everybody's perspective is different. Some people are like super optimistic. And as I was telling Jordan earlier, because he used the word negative, he's like, this is kind of a negative way of looking at things, but I really don't even know if it's worth it to try because the fail rate is so fucking high. And I said, that's not negative at all. That's realistic. You're being objective. You're looking at the numbers. If somebody looks at a graph and they read the graph and then they, they say what they read on the graph, you can't go, oh, you're being negative. No, they fucking read the numbers. It, it's, it's on paper. Most relationships, in fact, the vast majority of relationships fail. That's just how it is. And everyone at some point in their life thinks, no, I'm different. It's different for me. I'm going to make this work. But turns out you were just part of it too. You were part of the number two. I, trust me, I, I thought I... I was like, I have a good grip on psychology. I, I know how people tick. I can make any girl love me and, you know, make it work with any girl. Like, we all have this, this sort of chip on our shoulder. Like, I'm a better lover than you, emotionally, physically, whatever. And then when reality sets in, reality, what always happens between a man and a woman, reality, the fact that we just aren't the same and we aren't super compatible, happens. And then you go, ah, shit, I was young and dumb once. I used to think that I could... Have, I could have it all, you know, a wife, kids, happy family. Hey, honey, I'm home. You know what? I realized when I was in first grade that that wasn't going to be my life. Like I said earlier, I don't know what it was going to be, but I knew it wasn't going to be that. Oh, dad's home, everybody. And then the kids come running in and they give me a hug. And my wife, she's like, oh, I missed you, honey. How was your day? And I'm like, oh, good. You know, those guys at work, they're, they're a handful, right? Oh, Bob's a douche. Tim's a dick and fucking, you know, whatever. I knew that wasn't going to be me. And now I'm starting to realize uh, first grade me knew a lot of shit for being a first grader. Like, what was I ever thinking? I, I knew. Like, I always knew, but I never learned. That's in that, um, that's in that Come Join the Murder song. I forget, yeah, The White Buffalo. He's like, you always knew. You just never learned. That's my favorite line in the song and one of my favorite lines in any song ever because it relates to me on so many levels. Like you always knew, you just never fucking learn. And I don't know what he's referring to when he uses that line in the song, but I, I can apply it to like eight different things in my life. You just don't learn your lesson, do you, you dumb shit, right? And I think we all can. But... It's one thing to, to still have energy and, and fuel in that tank and go, I'm fucking done with girls. Like, I'm done. But it's a complete... It's another thing to, to be done because you had to, not because you chose to. 
After my first and second and third girlfriend failed, the relationship failed, I was like, I'm choosing to be done with women. That was how I looked at it. And now, I honestly, I don't have it in me. I can't go on anymore. If this is a death march, I'm tapping out, shoot me, uh, let me die in the snow, whatever, however death marches work, like, whatever, man. All I know is I don't have the energy to press on when it comes to relationships with regards to trying with women. That cycle, you know, where you, you're new and, and it's new and exciting and you got to spend a lot of time with them and you're constantly impressing them and trying to, you know, we are constantly trying to sell our product to the buyer, the buyer being a potential suitor, a mate, and our product being us. You have to constantly be cleaning your product and dusting it off and, and keeping it sharp. Otherwise, they will lose interest in your product, that's you, and they will go find some other dude's product in his pants and suck it, and I don't have the energy for that. I just don't. I, I wish I did, but that, like I said, to use a metaphor, that tank is just... It, someone siphoned it. Four girls siphoned it. They, they took it, each of them. And I, I can't say who took the most or whatever, because I feel like the first cut is always the deepest. But, like, it was a team effort. They all ensured that there's no number five happening. I, I can't see any situation where, where that's the case. I'm gonna be that fucking cool, weird uncle that just shows up at Christmas and sits with the kids. Because I, I, I don't give a fuck about your politics, and I, I'm, I'm not married, and we're not trying to be fucking multiple homeowners, and, you know, she's getting into interior design, and I'm going to buy and sell properties. You know, I guess I'm just going to be that cool fucking laid-back uncle, because ain't going to be bringing no kids around, no wife around. I'm not that guy. Hi, honey, I'm home. The American dream. I can't believe that that's even pushed as the American dream, either. Because you ask a hundred guys, like, it's not realistic. A, a dream is about right, that's fair terminology, I guess, because of how few people actually get to truly experience that. And and not just experience it, but not want to fucking kill yourself, like Bill Burr says. He's like, you know, re uh, marriages are bullshit, and this at the time was before he got married. Now he's quote-unquote happily married. But this was when he was like 38 years old and single. And he's like, he was talking about how he's just going to be that single guy. He's like, I'm going to run up to the store and get some pop, you know? And he's like, what 38-year-old talks like that? But he has a point. He said that most of the guys that are in marriages that he knows, they pretend like they're happy and they just have this look on their face like they're in pain. They're like, hey, you know, I'm, I love her. <laughs> It's, uh, it's a work in progress, right? We, we both have to make some sacrifices. And he, he's like, you can just tell the guy's dying on the inside. He wants the fuck out. And why is it? Why is that number so high? Like, add on top of the 90 plus percent fail rate of marriages and relationships. And I know marriages is like one in five. I forget the exact numbers. But, like, marriages end in divorce significantly less than basic monogamous like handshake based relationships like yeah I'll be just with you right <clears throat> different level of commitment so obviously different level of uh, fail rate but if you figure them both in it's like every time two people get into a relationship there's over a 90 something percent chance that it's going to fail it doesn't matter whether it's a, a marriage a relationship gay straight bisexual like by the numbers you just you're just fucked from the start <clears throat> and an optimist will go I'm ready to face these numbers and a pessimist would never even try in the first place, but a realist, like like I'm telling Jordan to be, is to 
to look at the numbers and consider whether it's worth your time. Because that shit ages you. Three years with a girl and it doesn't fucking work out, that will age you a lot more than three years, I promise. Take my word for it. You're going to feel at least six years older. They age you in almost dog years, not quite. Dog years are seven. Girls age you in six years. Or, you know you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> that would actually just be double. Good math, Ben. Um, so, if the statement is, the vast majority of relationships fail, the question, the only question, is why. That's the only one that matters. Why? What can we deduce? What can we take from it? Like, why has my mom been married five times? Why has my dad been married four times? Why has my aunt been married seven times? Why did my grandpa or my grandma get married six times? Like, why does it take so many tries? People just aren't fucking compatible. That's why. We're all different. We're stubborn. There's, there's too many different divisions. There's too many road bumps in place for it to be a smooth ride. Like, you might, you know... You might click well emotionally, but physically there's no chemistry, or vice versa. They might be a different religion than you. They might have different culture, different backgrounds, different beliefs, different morals. There are just, there's too many fucking categories in which we are extremely diverse. To get them to line up is almost astronomically rare. To, to a point where, and they say opposites attract, and there is something to that, but... Whether opposites attract or not, apparently opposites are part of the 99% fail rate. So maybe early on it helps, but in the end game it really doesn't help much, does it? Mm. I'm not intimidated by a lot in life. I feel like I'm one step ahead of most shit. Uh, even even you know playing with a, a damaged car. I'm I was thinking today, I'm like half disabled. I'm and that's a weird way to put it, but. Realistically, as limited as I am on certain things and the constant chronic pain and whatnot, I cannot say, and it wouldn't be fair to say that I'm fully disabled. I, I wouldn't claim to be. That would be an insult to those who are fully disabled. There are people who can fairly, barely fucking move, like that Stephen Hawking guy in the wheelchair, or, you know, people that need crutches or a walker. That is disability, you know? I'm not claiming that. I can walk around... I'll knock a dude's head off his shoulders if he crosses a line. Like, all I have is just, like, I'm really not flexible because my back shit and I'm in constant pain and I get really stiff fast quickly. And so I'm like, let's just, it's fair to say half. I'm half disabled, right? But I'm not intimidated by a lot of things. I am, however, intimidated by the just the thought. Like, to me... If you take a dive into a relationship and you just dive head first and you're all in, you are so brave to me because I'm not that brave anymore. I was that guy four times and I just don't have it anymore. I can't. It doesn't matter how cute you are, how cool you are, how funny you are, how all of the above you are. I can't fully commit anymore because I have nothing to show for it the, the four times over the course of 13 years that I did. You have to have some sort of reward system in place that assures you, yes, you're doing this for a reason. And I'm not sure what the reward system is meant to be in relationships because I have not, I don't have access to that treasure chest. Like, uh, it was good at first and then decent and then bad, at least bad enough by our standards to end it, right? Maybe not bad by, you know, some other standards, but bad enough for us to be like, yeah, we're calling it. So what's the like you can 
you can look at it any way you want. Optimist, pessimist, realist, however, but the, the result is the same. It's not going to work. No matter what mindset you go into it with, it's probably not going to work. Again, how, how few, how rare is it for people to genuinely, genuinely be in love and happy? That It's a literal fairy tale. That word gets tossed around like some kind of buzzword, but it's a fairy tale if, if you live that life because it statistically just doesn't happen. Sort of like how I, I mentioned in a previous podcast, 99% uh, of the world's wealth is owned by 1% of the world, and the top... 0.3% of that 1%, so the top third of it basically, have as much money as the 0.7%. So if you look at the way uh, money, basically, for lack of a better term, is dispersed, I think that you start to see a pattern when you look at it in other ways. When you look at it as far as relationships go. Like, I feel like 1% of relationships are truly happy. And there's even problems in there, in, in their relationships, because nobody's perfect. I feel like the top 0.3% of relationships, that's uh, 3 out of 1,000, or 3 out of 10,000, depending on how far you move the decimal. Either way, I feel like those are the people that are truly happy and, and would never even consider somebody else, or never even wonder. There's zero doubt. Everybody else is like, fuck, <laughs> I don't know about this. And what chapter are you in, those of you who are in a relationship right now? Because obviously it's a book, it's a story, eventually it'll end. You don't know if that ends in two chapters or 19. Only time will tell, right? But what chapter are you in? You're probably not in that first initial phase where you're super happy and looking forward to every day like yippee ki right? You cannot keep her off your dick. She's like, please, can I just suck it? It's like, no, not right now, right? And then <laughs> it's so different. From, from that first initial blast, it's like a rocket ship going off. Everything is full throttle, and, you know, that's how relationships are. And then you drop the boosters, and you still have some momentum going, like really good momentum, so you're like, ah, the boosters are gone, fuck it, right? And then all of a sudden you get into, quote, unquote, space, and you're just kind of drifting. You're like, oh, okay, like, we've got some momentum, I'm just drifting through this, and... You better hope you don't bump into something, because that uh, momentum is going to disappear real quick, motherfucker. Um, relationships are just intimidating. Like, I, I don't have it in me. I don't have the zest, the zeal, the energy, the mana. I don't have that in me to, you know, tell you what you want to hear and, and go out of my way to make you smile and laugh and court you and make you feel like you're the only girl in the world. And here's another thing. Um, and it applies to men, too. I'm not just picking on the women. There are average men, there are average women. This is the demographic that I'm referring to in this argument that I'm going to make. So, average-ass girls. They're not ugly, but they're not good-looking. Just average girls. That is the majority of women. Some women, not very many, are, like, ugly. Even fewer are hideous. But the majority of women are just, eh, decent, average, you know, normal. Normal, average, decent, whatever word you want to use. And then it goes the other way. Like, some women are just fucking hot, and then some are drop-dead gorgeous smoke show. Very few. The majority of women are just average chicks. Average intelligence, average sense of humor for a girl, average whatever. Same with men. And 
Unfortunately, something happened like 10 years ago, I would say is fair. Like somewhere around 2010. All of these average people developed a chip on their shoulder, thinking they, you know, they deserve out of their range. I feel like in a perfect world, a smart guy should have a smart girlfriend. A funny guy should have a funny girlfriend. A good-looking guy should have a good-looking girlfriend. And of course, this is this is kind of an ignorant way to look at it. It's not that black and white. I get it. But in a perfect world, like what you give, you should at least get at least get that much back, right? That's not a lot to ask. Like what you bring to the table, like you you should reasonably be able to expect someone to match. Okay, I get it. We don't live in a perfect world. But these average, average women with average vaginas and average boobs, nothing special, like not ugly, but not special, nothing you write home about, they are demanding that they be treated like queens. You are to make them laugh. You are to be dedicated only to them. Your loyalty is to be without flaw, 100%. You are to uh, be make sure that you uh, stay attractive for them, to appease them. You you know, they have all these requirements. Like, I want a guy with a good job, a big dick, I want him to be tall, dark, and handsome. They want, want, want all these fucking things, but what they give in return is just average par, you know? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna say you're ugly and gross and stupid and, you know, uh, not funny, but you're also not gorgeous and beautiful and hilarious and, and, and genius. Like, you, you should relatively be within your means. And for guys, too. Like, there are guys who are just, like, basic-ass douchebags. Not super intelligent, not super, you know, good-looking, don't have the best job. But they're, they're not ugly. They're not stupid. They, they, they have some jokes, you know? They have a decent job. Like, I feel like there would be a lot more chemistry. I'm this is me trying to rationalize, like, potentially solve the relationship problem. People... Are, are maybe reaching out higher than they should be and, and aiming higher. Like those girls who complain that all men are pigs and uh, fucking men are cheating assholes and liars and yada yada, yet they have like this friend that's a male that is exactly like the guy they, they want, they describe, but they friend-zoned him because he wasn't good-looking enough, he didn't have a big dick. There's just this one thing that they just refuse, and I really believe there's some weight to this theory. Shut up, Misha. She's like, shut the fuck up. You humans don't know anything about dating. Maybe. Hmm. I'm 0 for 4. Don't listen to me. I'm a terrible person to ask for relationship advice. I know a lot about the behavior, the mind, the brain. But apparently that doesn't help. I'm 0 for 4. I have a pretty bad record. If I was a sports team, yeah, I'm, my team isn't doing too hot. 0 for 4. We're going to win a game eventually. Nah, because we're not playing the game anymore. I forgot where I was. I went off on a tangent. Misha fucking interrupted me. Uh, so I'm just going to wrap it up here. But basically, the way I see it is you just... Why try? <laughs> it sounds negative, but it's not. I swear. It's, it's not pessimistic and not negative and obviously not optimistic. I'm not like, you can do this. You can do this. Keep your chin up. Keep trying. That's not me. I, I don't have the energy to do that. I feel tired just pretending to be that guy. I'm like, oh, I gotta take a nap now. But it's just looking at the numbers. One in four chance that she'll be sucking another dude's dick. If you stay with her for uh, more than a year, uh, 
like a 80% chance that it won't even last that year in the first place, you start to see how this shapes. It starts to look like it can only end one way. That tunnel sure fucking narrows, and you don't really see the light at the end of it unless you're lucky enough to be one of the very few people that we talked about. But um, hopefully this perspective doesn't ruin your day. <laughs> hopefully it helps. Like I, I think the more perspectives you have, the more well-rounded you can look at things. So maybe you consider some things that I talked about. Um, if you were on the fence, maybe I pushed you to the other side or brought you to my side, whatever. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. This was, honestly, this was supposed to be 10 minutes. And then I just kept going. And now we're at 56 minutes, so I'm going to wrap this up. I, I don't know how it went on this long. Anyway, bye!